Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So we're doing a series kind of on around Lent, around fasting, um, and I'm going to kind of carry on with that. I forgot my flip-flops, which is really annoying, because I've actually written in my notes flip-flops, so I just took my shoes off instead, which I know many of you will appreciate. Um, but, but I feel, personally, that flip-flops are a kind of quite a spiritual symbol, because in, in the kind of way that when we, we, we do Lent or we do fasting, it's the kind of giving up of something, isn't it? And it's the idea that you give up something um, during that time. I feel like flip-flops are kind of a sign of that, that you're giving up socks and shoes, um, to have flip-flops and I think that those flip-flops kind of symbolise the fact that it's not about what you necessarily give up it's about what you experience so by wearing flip-flops or by wearing bare feet today I get to experience the kind of the freshness of the air I get to experience the sunshine on my feet um, and, it, and therefore I think those of us who wear flip-flops are probably a bit more heightened spiritually than, than the rest of the people who don't like to wear flip-flops but um but in all seriousness it is in a funny kind of way because when we do fast when we do those kind of things actually so often if we're not careful, the focus becomes on what I've given up. Was actually the act of a fast, the act of Lent in that way is, yeah, it is. It's giving something up. It's, it's laying something aside. But actually, it freezes to experience the greater that's, that's sometimes missed. It freezes to experience the greater that's sometimes there. And I think, for me, in this time of us doing it as a community together to, to, to kind of recognise Lent and be part of that practice and to do that kind of stuff, it's kind of perhaps brought that to my mind more than ever before. That as I fast, as I give something up, actually it exposes me to the greatness that's there that's perhaps in the unseen, the, the abundance that's there that's perhaps always there, but I get sometimes consumed by the things that hide that, that kind of draw my attention away from that. And I think, in a way, for me, the, the kind of joy of it, it is that realisation that actually it is giving something up which in a way is a lack but actually it creates room for abundance and that's the amazing thing about it that that's that's the bizarreness of perhaps the economy of God that it's when I give away it reveals there's more and it's it's a crazy thing the kid gave away his five loaves and two fish and it revealed more and it's this weird kind of thing the, the way God works and so I want to talk around that this morning a little bit so if you want to just go to John 13 if you just turn in, in your paper Bibles um, to John 13 please that'd be really great um, I'm going to read not all but I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 17 and I'm going to just talk about two things I'm going to have two focuses which is the worst thing to do when you ever preach um, because you should have one focus and one end game but I've got two because I'm going to trust that you can follow both um, and also be very spiritual and say that actually I think these two things weave together um, in some kind of elaborate tapestry of something that makes it sound even more spiritual than it probably is so verse 1 chapter 13 says this now before the feast of Passover when Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father having loved his own who were in the world he loved them to the end um, just beautiful I'm going to spend hours on that anyway um, verse 2 and supper being ended the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray Jesus to betray him Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and he had come from God and was going to God rose from supper and lay aside his garments took a towel and girded himself and after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples feet and to wipe them with a the towel um, 
with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus, you, um, Jesus answered him and said, I do not wash. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to be washed his feet but is completely clean and you are clean but not all of you for he knew who would betray him but therefore he said you are not all clean so when he heard so when he had washed their feet taken his garments he sat down again and said to them do you know what i've done to you you call me teacher and lord and you say well for i am um if i am if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you as an example that, that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he the nor is who uh, nor is he who is sent great greater than the one who sent him. If you do know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So it's the kind of account of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And I want to pull two things out of this because I think it reveals two amazing things. The first one is that it shows us something about Jesus laying aside. That it says in verse read it again because it's perhaps my favourite verse in the whole thing it says this Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand and and that he had come from God and was going to God rose from supper and laid aside his garments took a towel and girded himself that you have this idea of Jesus laying aside something that he that he was laying aside in the same way perhaps we do with a fast or we do when we give up we lay aside something Jesus was doing that kind of thing. He was laying aside something. And therefore the fasting and, and Lent and all that kind of stuff isn't just about a season in time. It's about an attitude of heart. And it's about Jesus kind of moving this thing that he lays aside something. And the significance of this is that during this time, um, washing of feet, you may have heard before, I'm sure we've had messages on, but it's usually revert, reserved for the lowliest of people. That it, it is in what would happen in, the, in these kind of times is people would go to a house, and when they'd arrive at that house, they obviously travel, they've not come in their kind of Ford Focus or their Subaru or whatever they've driven to the house and they've probably walked, um, or at very least um, gone on some kind of animal transportation. So they've got to the house and they've got dirty feet. They've not just got dirty feet because it's dusty, they've got dirty feet because there's animal feces everywhere. Uh, there probably isn't particularly amazing sewage systems or those kind of things during this time, so there's probably even some other kind of feces around there, and they've got dirty feet. Okay, It's not pretty, but I want to paint the picture. Okay, So they arrive at houses for meals. They've travelled for a few days, probably very dirty, probably very dusty, and even if they've not necessarily travelled for days, but it talks about the fact that if they've been perhaps to a kind of elaborate kind of bath kind of thing, where, where they've been cleaned elsewhere, as soon as they leave that place, they get dirty feet again. That the rest of them is clean. The rest of them is in this kind of like nice, pristine, shiny, bling kind of situation. But as soon as they leave, because they don't go in cars, because they don't wear shoes, because they're wearing sandals, immediately the feet are dirty. So the feet were a significant thing during that time. And therefore, people would arrive at homes, and in some places, um, it, it would be up to them to wash their own feet. So for example, we hear when Jesus goes to, I think, I can't remember who it is, but I think it's one of the guys, he goes to that, that house and then the woman comes and breaks the alabaster vase and she washes his feet with her tears and then dries it with her hair Jesus rebukes the homeowner because he didn't provide him with a basin to wash his own feet and that that's because the culture of that time would have been even if someone doesn't wash your feet for you that the person who, who is in charge of that home or is the host in that place should provide you with a basin to wash your feet before you come in and that guy didn't 
So he's rebuking this woman. He's saying, well, she at least did this. You didn't even do this. So he's kind of challenging, the, not a, just a, a deeply spiritual thing, I said, but a cultural expectation in that place. Anyway, in perhaps more wealthy establishments, people would come to the house and they would have incredibly dirty feet and therefore it, it would be for the slaves or the servants to wash those people's feet. And therefore when Peter challenges this situation, he's challenged it because he sees Jesus, remember, not, and I say we see him retrospectively, but Peter sees him as Jesus, you're the guy who's going to lead a revolution that's going to overthrow the Roman Empire, that's going to overthrow the religious leaders, you're the guy who's leading this thing. You should not be doing this because, and we see it, and the problem is we look at it through churchy eyes because we think, oh, washing feet, that's absolutely, that's very spiritual, isn't it? It's very humbling and all that kind of stuff. But in this time, it's incredibly offensive. It's like Jesus is, is the guy we're following. He is not the one who does this. He is not the one who tidies up after us. He is not the one who does this kind of thing. And yet, he is the one that, that laid stuff aside and got down and washed their feet. So this is an incredibly challenging thing for them. It's, it breaks through some of the preconceived ideas that they may have. So people are in, in this kind of cultural expectation that it's, that, that it's dust, it's dirt, it, it's poo, it's everything horrible that you can think of. That our boys have started to watch horrible histories and they talk so much about horrible histories how they used to just throw buckets of, of feces out, out the windows and stuff like that. It's not going to be too dissimilar. And therefore we've got incredibly dirty parts of people. And yet Jesus washes this and he is he is washing the dirtiest part of them he is washing the dirtiest part of them and there's something incredibly symbolic in that that, that Jesus got into the dirt down low washing the dirtiest part of who they were and there's something that speaks beyond he's, even Jesus said himself that you don't know what I'm doing yet but you'll understand it one day that he is in this moment symbolising the fact that I'm doing this now, but actually I'm doing exactly the same thing in a, in a day's time when I'm on that cross. I'm doing exactly the same thing when I die, because I'm going to get to the lowest point, and I'm going to wash the dirtiest part of you. I'm going to do with every mistake you make. I'm going to do with every wrong you've done, every attitude of heart that, that's been away. I'm, I'm going to deal with it all, because I'm going to wash the dirtiest part of you. And he's speaking beyond even just the, the incredibly humbling act of washing his feet. But the fact is that, that he is washing the most unclean aspect. He, he is getting into the place where this is the bit that people don't want someone who, is, who they value, and who, who they esteem to be doing this because they don't want those people to be seeing the dirtiest part of them. They're happy to wash their own feet. Potentially they're, ha- they're happy to have someone that's lowly and insignificant and, and a slave or a servant during that time to wash their feet, but not someone who they respect, not someone who they look to. And it's sometimes like that nowadays, isn't it? That, that we're happy for certain people to see our flaws but not perhaps other people but Jesus is saying look I want to wash the dirtiest part let me come to the dirtiest part don't don't let it be something that you hide don't let it be something that you keep away but he's saying look you want to be part with me let me wash the dirtiest part of you the thinker is response to Peter when he says look no he says look if you don't let me do this you can't be part with me think about that statement if you don't let me access the dirtiest part the worst part of you you're actually restricting me from being connected to you and yet how often do we go God you can't go there don't touch that part of me because it's horrible it stinks, it smells, it's disgusting it's repulsive and he's actually saying look if you don't let me you're restricting my connection to you you're restricting our our engagement it's a a phenomenal statement because we paint it don't we that I've got to be 
Even though we know his grace is abundant, his love is unconditional, we know all those things, but there's still parts of us that go actually, but not there. Not that part. And he's actually saying, look, if you don't let me come to that part, if you don't let me access that part, if you don't let me wash that part, then you're restricting connection. You're restricting how, how engaged we are with each other. Now he's always there, he's never going to leave us or forsake us, it's not about that, but he's saying, look, I want access to the dirtiest part. And actually, when I find access to the dirtiest part, it connects us in a way, or at least it connects us to him in a way that we'd never knew before. And Peter's response to that is interesting. And the, the really powerful bit about this for me is that it's the bit that comes before. And it says this. Jesus loved them to the end. This is an expression of his love for them. It's an expression of his unconditional affection toward them and he says this Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and he had come from God and was going to God rose from the supper table and laid aside his garment the Jesus exemplifies there what it is to lay aside that when we fast or when we lent or just in an attitude of heart when we lay aside things it's not because we lack because then the fast comes, becomes about gaining something if I fast, I get something. I look more spiritual. I seem more holy. I get an answer to prayer. I break through in a situation. I'm not saying that things don't sometimes happen when we fast. They absolutely do. But Jesus embodies the fact that actually he, he laid aside something. He laid aside his garment from a place of knowing whose he was, where he was from and where he was going. That he had, he had abundant identity and therefore from that place laid aside. That when I lay aside in a fast, my challenge to myself is, God, I'm not doing this because I want to gain something. I'm doing it because I want to become aware of what's already there. I'm doing it because I want to be aware and I do it from a place of Jesus. Look, I'm doing this from a place of complete security. I know whose I am. I know that I am unconditionally loved by my Father. I know my identity. And therefore I can lay aside every single extremity, every single thing that clothes me in this realm, every single thing that I gain identity from in this realm, I can lay it all aside and come to the lowliest place because I know that my identity is not attached to anything I do. Therefore I can serve fully. I can humble myself fully because I know whose I am. I know where I'm going. I know where I came from. And therefore I do it from that secure place. And that, that's the challenge, isn't it? Because Jesus laid aside garments and, and sometimes there's things that perhaps we... That garment, I suppose, was something that clothed him in, in, the, in the earth that he lived in, in the time that he lived in. It, it was a garment that clothed him. It wasn't, didn't take off everything, but it's an idea that he took off this thing that, that, that covered part of him. Why? Because he could. And he could because he knew his identity wasn't attached to that. He lay aside the perception of himself as this kind of amazing revolutionary rebel, whatever you want to call about it, that had challenged the, the enormous Roman Empire, had challenged the massive religious establishment at the time. And he laid aside that reputation to come and be the lowliest of the low because he knew his identity wasn't in it. And I guess the challenges for me and perhaps the challenges for us is that what do I clothe myself with that try and tries to make me feel like okay that's my identity can I lay that aside and I, perhaps I start to lay that aside because I start to realise actually 
when I fast, when I pray, it reveals actually, man, you love me unconditionally. My identity is not in that. I'll lay that aside willingly because it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I'll, I'll get to the lowest point because actually I want to serve, I want to give, I want to, I want to be that because I'm coming from that place of security. I'm so far off my notes, I don't know where I am now. The amazing thing about it as well is that I'm going to spoil something here and I really apologise because I love this programme. Um, we've started watching a new TV programme. If you've not watched it yet, you've got to watch it. Called, you, you, you start watching it called This Is Us. It is the best TV programme I've watched in decades. It's absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, without spoiling it, I'm going to try and be as general as I can. Okay. This Is Us, the basic premise is that it follows a family and these guys do different things. And there's an amazing moment when one of these family members is about to go and do something that is going to be a really big break for his career. It's a huge break for his career. Um, and he's nervous and he's anxious about it. But his other family member um, is in a really difficult space, a really difficult place. And he's just been off the, on the phone with him. Um, and he realises that he's in a very difficult situation. And he's just, just about to go do this thing for his career. And he comes to the kind of point where he's about to do it. And, and there's someone with him that says... Um, we're about to go and do this, it's going to be amazing. And, he's, and she says, what, what are you thinking it? And the line is phenomenal because he says, I'm thinking what, what my father would do, what my dad do. And then it goes black and you see him run to, to his brother, lay down his career, lay down his everything and go and be with somebody else. And that's fasting. That's Jesus there. Lay down my career, lay down my identity, lay down me looking good because that's what's needed now why? because I was thinking what my father would do and that's Jesus in that moment that I love you to the end and therefore I'll lay aside everything because I love you to the end I love everything I'll do whatever it takes and he laid it aside and that, that for me is the challenge. What do I hold on to? Do I hold on to my career? Do I hold on to the identity and the reputation I have? Do I hold on to all these things? Or do I risk everything for a moment because I love? And what would my father do? And that's the challenge because Jesus is in a society, in a culture, and we're in a society, in a culture that does about, I want to gain to myself so I look good and I look great. And he just flipped the whole thing on its head. And actually, I want to lay aside all of it because I want to love to the fullest, to the utmost. And I suppose in what we're doing with fasting, Jesus sets that example. And that's the second part of this because Jesus then challenges them in the end and he says, look, a beautiful line, it says this, it says that he... For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. That I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. The amazing thing about Jesus' example is it's not like when I'm at school and I give an example on the board and then the kids have to now, on their own, of their own ability, use that example and try and meet the standard that I've set in that example. Nothing wrong with that from a teaching point of view necessarily. But Jesus does something completely different. That when, when Jesus sets an example, when, when he washes their feet, he isn't just saying, like, this now is what you do. You do this now because I did this to you. What he's actually doing is saying, look, 
I've given you an example, but by washing your feet, I'm actually enabling you and empowering you to do the very same thing. I've set the example, absolutely, but I've actually given you the ability to meet that example by washing your feet. He's not just going, right now, meet my standard. I've set the bar this high, go on, try and get to that point. He's actually going, yeah, the bar's this high. The standard of what it looks like to live from a different kingdom, to live from a different realm, to live from a different place is this high. This is what it looks like. I gave up my life to flip this whole system on. I gave up everything because I wanted to show that that's what love looks like. He set the bar incredibly high, but he doesn't go right now, jump, reach, see how far you can get. His example empowers us to be able to do that very same thing. Because his love for us, as Adam shared this morning, that we love because he first loved us. That that's what happens. When we let him wash the dirtiest place in our lives, it enables me to wash the dirtiest place in someone else's. It enables me to lay aside everything to wash the dirtiest place in someone else's life. That Jesus doesn't just go right now, reach that standard. He goes, let me wash you. Let me clean the dirtiest part of you. Because by doing that, I actually almost pass the baton on, pass the ability on, pass everything I've got on for you to have to do exactly the same thing again. And that's the challenge that we don't... And that, that, is, that is where it weaves in. That it's not that, okay, you wash my feet now, now I'll just go and wash other people's feet. There's almost a constant washing and then I wash others, washing and then I wash others, washing and then I wash others. And it's this kind of thing that weaves together. That there's not a point of like completion and then now I do the next stage. It's you just constantly going, look, I want to wash your feet. I want to wash the dirtiest part of your life. I want to wash the thing that you're most ashamed about. Let me access that point. And in doing that, it frees me, it frees us to then go and do exactly the same with other people. That my love for the most unclean and dirty and, and revolting and, and horrible people in society is completely measured by do I let him wash the dirtiest part of me? I, I'd be so bold as to say that, the, that when I see attitudes in myself where I am completely condemning and destroying of another person because of their behaviour, because of their choices, it's largely because I would do exactly the same thing to myself. I would condemn him and judge myself for that thing. Because I've not let him wash that in me. And therefore I just think it's horrible in them. Because the reality is I probably think it's horrible in me. So I watch my attitude. I'm like, God, why, why do I despise that so much? God, just wash my feet. Wash the dirtiest part of me. Because I want to be able to love that person. I want to be able to love that person that, 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 that is completely unlovely. Because you loved me when I was completely unlovely. You washed me when my feet stank. So let me wash them when their feet stink. And that's the amazing thing about this because it's just so... And This is probably not the most coherent message in the world. I was preparing last night because... And I'm not doing that to be a... Then he said, oh no it is Steve, I'm not saying that at all. I was preparing last night and it just my head could not fit. And I think that's the whole point of it. That this isn't straightforward. It, it is messy. That's the whole point of it, it is. It kind of weaves and it goes backwards and forwards. It's like, but it's the whole point of that let him wash my feet because then you jump back in and you just see some amazing things like jump out that Jesus washes Judas's feet because Judas doesn't leave until later on in the chapter. In fact, he leaves. Let me find it for you just so you 
Here you go. Verse 27. Now after the piece of bread, Satan entered to him. Then Jesus said to him, to Judas, what you do, do quickly. But no, no, no one at the table knew for what reason he had said this to them, to him, for some thought or other reasons. Um, ha- having received the piece of bread, he then went out immediately and it was night. So everything that's gone before, Judas is there for. Everything that's happened before, Judas is present for. Judas is going to betray Jesus. It even says twice in the, this passage that Satan filled the heart of Judas. It even says at the start, it kind of puts these two statements right bang smack next to each other. It just doesn't make any sense. It says, verse 1 of chapter 13, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that, that his hour had come, that he would depart from the, this world to the Father, having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Full stop. And supper being ended, the, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simonson, to betray him. Then Jesus getting up, or so knowing who he was, then, then he got up and washed their feet. The point about Judas is completely irrelevant in the context of the flow of that passage. It doesn't make any sense being there whatsoever, unless it's making a point. Yeah. Unless it's making a point that Jesus loved his own to the very end, which included the guy that's, that Satan's for the heart of to betray him. Unless it includes him. Unless it includes the guy that, in this context, is so dirty, is so unclean, is so fat, had his heart filled with hate and betrayal that he betrays Jesus, unless it includes him. Unless it includes the worst of the worst, and that's why it's in there. Because Jesus washed his feet. Jesus washed this guy's feet. Jesus got down in the dirt and washed the dirtiest part of a guy who's just about to betray him. Because there's no, as we sang this morning, there's no borders. There's no walls. His love is completely unconditional. His love towards Judas was completely unconditional because he knew the Father's heart towards himself and therefore he knew I can love unconditionally because I am loved unconditionally. In the same way for us that when we let him love us unconditionally, when we let him wash the deepest part of our hearts, when we let him kind of just, just into those areas that we are so ashamed of, it enables us to love unconditionally. It enables us to love the Judases in our life. It enables us to love the Judases in society who do some horrendous things, but it enables us to love them because there's different levels, isn't there? We are trying to, and they go through waves of success and failure with this, train our rabbits to use a litter track. And they're getting better, they're not perfect yet, and there's points of severe frustration, isn't there, when they poo all over the place. But they're better. The problem is, one of the things you have to do when you're training a rabbit to use a litter tray is you have, because they're very clean animals, you have to make sure that if they do poo anywhere else, you have to take the poo and put it back in the litter tray so that nowhere else smells of poo. It's lovely on a Sunday morning for you, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> um, now, rabbit poo actually is not that bad because it's just like a kind of ball of hard stuff, so you just do it, it's not a problem at all. So, rabbit poo is not that difficult. But it made me think when I was preparing for this, it's like, that doesn't really repulse me. We've had two kids, so we've changed nappies. Some are wonderful. As any parent in the room knows, some are not as wonderful. Um, but you kind of you deal with it. I know people who, who work in hospices who have to change adults' nappies. And in a very weird kind of way that I, I never thought I'd say on a Sunday morning is, is what level of 
of, of dirt and of poo would repulse you? At what point do you come to the point of being actually, I can't deal with that? Because in a kind of way, that, that is what's happening. What kind of feet would you not wash? How dirty would they be? Do you go, actually, look, I, I can't do that. Rabbit poo is pretty easy. Baby poo, child poo, it's, it's kind of all right. Adults, I don't know whether I could go there, if I'm honest. But like, what, what level would repulse you? Because isn't that the, kind of the whole point of it? The, the, at what point do we stop? Do we stop with washing the feet of a paedophile, a murderer, a prostitute, a politician, a rich person, a poor person, someone that's corrupt, the religious, a proud, arrogant, the uncaring... Do we stop where? Where do we stop? Where, where comes the point where actually I can't do that? Because for Jesus, there was no stop. Yeah. And there is no stop. He washed the feet of the guy who was going to betray him. He allowed Barabbas to go free. He forgave those who had just beaten and, and crucified him on the cross. There was no stop. And I'd strongly suggest that where it stops in me, where the point of, actually, I'm not going to lay aside my garment, I'm not going to lay aside my career, I'm not going to lay aside my reputation, I'm not going to lay aside these things for you because your feet are too dirty. I suggest that's the point where I've not let him wash my feet where I've not let him into the dirt is part of my life yeah. because I believe the depth of where it goes in me is the, is the reach that I can go out with and there's some people in society that I have no issue with whatsoever that people in this room would there's some people in society that you have no issue with that I know I would have an issue with and it's about are we letting Jesus wash our feet so that actually we can love fully because that's the key. Jesus set the example, but he set the example after washing their feet. Set the example after cleaning the dirtiest part of them. Because Jesus didn't just wash their feet, but he lay aside his reputation, he lay aside his perception, he lay aside those things. Who would I would I do that? Would I do it for a paedophile? My career? My reputation? My perception in society? Would I lay it aside for a paedophile? Would I lay aside it for a murderer? Would I lay aside it for an arrogant politician? Would I lay aside for someone that is unintentional and not, not desiring to, to kind of do the right thing? Because Jesus did. Judas wasn't repentant. Jude, Jude, Judas wasn't going to change his mind. Judas didn't have his, his feet washed and then go and, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore, Jesus. Yeah. Judas went and did it anyway. So the argument that yeah, yeah, absolutely. If they're willing to change, then totally. It falls completely flat. Judas didn't change. Because we have safety nets, don't we? We have points where we go, well, that's why I don't. Jesus had no safety net. He had no limit. I'm not saying, I am not saying we bring the worst of society into the room without checks and security measures. That's not what I'm saying. There is a difference. But the, the attitude of heart to love them is what we challenge and sometimes we use the boundaries thing as an excuse to not I do 
So with that person, it wouldn't be safe to have them in a space. Maybe not, but actually my heart to love them isn't affected by that. My heart to engage with them, to think the best of them, to see the best in them. And the challenge for me is this is all, seems like it goes well off fasting and well off length, but the whole point of it, it is that because I'm laying aside those things to, to experience first and foremost letting him wash my feet and as he, the process of whatever that looks like it enables me to wash others feet it enables me to lay aside my stuff to wash others feet to serve the, the, the most disgusting part of society because that's exactly what he did for me, it's exactly what he did for them, it's exactly what he did when he died on that cross he washed away the most disgusting part of society to reveal the beauty of mankind that he made. Just checking I've not missed anything. So Jesus said, just pray. we would have the bravery and the guts to let you unravel us to let you wash the dirtiest part of us so that we can lay aside our stuff to wash the dirtiest part of society to wash the dirtiest part of our neighbours to wash the dirtiest part of the people that we interact with to be those who would lay aside everything for the sake of the least. The Jesus, I just pray for myself, for us as a community, that you would, we would let you wash our feet, that we wouldn't be a Peter in his initial response of, no, 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 you do not do that to me, Jesus. You don't go there, Jesus. That's not a nice part of me. Let a slave do that. Let someone else do that. But let Jesus, let us let you do it. Yeah. Help us this week to let that happen. Help us this week to let you, to let us let you unravel us. Jesus' name, amen. We're done.